the the sermon is set uh, from Deuteronomy chapter one, sorry, ten one to twenty two, but my focus here is only on two verses of this scripture passage that was read to us today, and uh, it's always a big challenge to preach from Old Testament books, especially books like Deuteronomy, because it requires a lot of background knowledge. That is why I encourage people to read the Bible from cover to cover, not just once, many times. And I know looking at the screen now, I know that many of, most of you haven't been to Sunday school, so you don't have, some of you don't have a Christian bringing up. You started the journey in the middle of the way, and so you may need a lot of background information, gaps in, and may have gaps in your knowledge as well. And so you already heard some strange names and place names and names as well. Now the story is, uh, this chapter uh, has two things basically. These are all part of the sermon that Moses preached to a new generation of Israelites who will be entering the promised land from this particular place. And uh, this falls into two parts, the passage that was read to us. One is making the duplicates of the two tablets, stone tablets, of the Ten Commandments. When that was first given, Moses broke them in his anchor when people went after a golden calf and worshipped them. And then this passage, that is chapter 10, verses 1 to 5, talks about how the duplicates were made and also a wooden box called the Ark of the Covenant was also made by acacia wood. And then Moses put that two covenants, uh, two tablets, stone tablets, or like slate, old, old timers may know that, two slates where it was written, it was put in the ark. And the second part, that is chapters 10, verses 6 to 9, talks about death of Aaron, the Moses' elder brother, who was his co-worker, and then the appointment of the tribe of Levi. The Israelites were divided into 12 tribes and Levi, L-E-V-I, is one of the tribes. And this passage also talks about how the Levites were appointed as porters. That is, they are the ones who will carry this cubic, cubical box of acacia wood where the commandments are put. The word of God is deposited. They are appointed as the, the uh, porters, those who will be carrying it from place to place. Then comes this beautiful verse which I will be focusing today. And that is two verses, a couple of verses. That is Deuteronomy chapter 10, 8 to 9. This is about the privilege of the tribe of Levi who will be carrying the Ark of the Covenant, this wooden box which has these two tablets in them. Let me read it, though A.B. had already read it, and you turn in, that, in your Bibles uh, to this passage, Deuteronomy 10, verses 8 to 9. At that time, the Lord set apart 
the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him and to bless his name. Their various responsibilities are given there. They have to carry the ark, which Moses has made now. They should stand before the Lord and they should sing praises to his name. Bless his name to this day. Because of these sacred duties that the Levites, the tribe of Levi are assigned, they has no portion in or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, as the Lord your God said to him. Because they are given a special privilege, they will not have the inheritance among others. Now, we should talk about, I should talk about what is this inheritance that they are talking about. Inheritance is a gift of the parents. If you buy a property with your own money, that is not a, considered as an inheritance. Inheritance is something that is given to the dependents, the children, including adopted children. Uh, but if you give away, it will be a present only. But if you, what is inherited is from in the family, within the family, in the family only. It is the right of the children. The children have right to their parents' property. It is given so that the children can sustain their life. So we leave an inheritance, maybe in the form of land or flat or maybe bank accounts or shares or mutual funds or whatever it is for our children once our life is over because they can continue their life, uh, make their life easy sometimes. That is why inheritance given. It sustains the life of the generations. And uh, I don't know about Maharashtra, but I know about my culture. There is usually a template that they follow. When you give an inheritance to your children, uh, they always follow a, I mean, any two inheritance papers deeds will look very similar except the details of the inheritance. So I remember the inheritance uh, papers registered my father registered on my behalf and it goes something like this. This is a free translation. It says, uh, these are the inheritance to my son, Paulson, occupation and age is mentioned. And then he says, and this is very touching words. He says, since my son Paulson doesn't have any other means, means of living, no other income, and since I love him, and since I am kind to him, I am leaving this part of my property, which is detailed in the schedule A or B or whatever it is, and as detailed there, I'm giving to him out of my love out of my kindness because he is helpless without this. <laughs> this is really funny, isn't it? I had a job, I had a salary, I had other means of living, but all inheritance papers in the state of Kerala uh, follows this template because the parent gives out of kindness, love towards the children. So that is, I've just illustrated it to just to tell you how precious, how valuable is an inheritance because that is something that you get from the parents and selling or selling it out or uh, losing it is considered to be a very wrong thing uh, as well. Now, 
as i said i need to clear the ground for the sermon to the, the sermon to preach see the 12 tribes were given inheritance in the promised land moses told joshua and joshua divided it to them but all the 11 tribes got inheritance from god their father god the sovereign god in the form of land minerals rivers lakes and all pasture lands and all that when the when the property was divided the canaan the land of canaan was divided god told joshua and here through moses that the levites should not be given any land they were not given any land they were not given any inheritance in the land in the form of land or rivers or mineral deposits or anything like that but they were given 48 cities scattered throughout the land in many tribal allotments they were given 48 cities to live to settle down but no pasture lands were given or no other means of living were given and then god says you know why because i am their inheritance god says i am their inheritance because they are the people was na eight we saw now deuteronomy chapter 10 was eight we saw because they will be carrying their my ark on their shoulder they will be standing before me to serve me just before they will be praising me in in worship they don't have to be given any land i will be i myself god the creator of this world he will be their inheritance now that is really shocking but let's get to try to understand what it is all about now what is the ark that they are supposed to carry the ark is not simply a wooden box with tablets in it yes it was a wooden box with two tablets of the 10 commandments 5 five, five each deposited in it but later on the when the manna was provided the heavenly food was provided a pot of manna a pot with filled with manna was also deposited in it so the ark contained two objects the ark of the covenant contained two objects two tab three objects two tablets of the 10 commandments and a pot containing a pot containing the manna as a memorial for them and it was a, the symbol of god's throne on earth on this ark were two huge golden cherubim with the spread wings and that represented the ark of the, the, the throne of god on earth so that means the presence of god was on the ark of the covenant and this was a very central figure in the life of israel's life so when there was a military campaign when they were going against their enemies they will carry the ark to the battlefield and that means god is leading the battle and they will win the battle and it was taken out in religious processions in the temple processions 
when the dancers and the, the, the people who dance around, the, the, the ark was carried out you know, in a festal procession as well. So this was part of Israel's life, center of Israel's life. And it had the many stories that we read. Read 1 Samuel in 2 Samuel and the book of Joshua and many Psalms, which we don't have time to go through all the Psalms now, all these passages now. It had a tremendous power. It had tremendous power. Once this ark was taken to read for summer, uh, taken to the Philistine territory, and this ark was kept in the temple of the Philistine gods, and they found that in the morning, the idols of the temple had fallen prostrate before this ark of the Lord. The idols are worshipping the ark, that is the presence of God. And then we have stories in 1 Samuel 6. Last week, our uh, Bible study was on holiness of God. And we touched many of these passages last week. So those who was not there, you missed something. And I'm not going to make it up for you. And this ark was brought to a place called Beth Shemesh. And the people in Beth Shemesh were so curious. They said, what is this box in a wooden box? So they just went to stop the cart, which was driven by two cows, no man driving it. And they just opened it and peeped into the ark. That is in 1 Samuel chapter 6. They peeped into the ark. As they peeped into the ark, they took it very silly. What is in the ark? What is in this box? That's what they wanted to see. The power of God killed, slayed 70 people in that place called Beth Shemesh. Because it was so powerful. And then, years later, I think 26 years later, David the king wanted to bring the ark to his city, Jerusalem. So he sent men and they were dancing and everything like that, but the oxen slipped and the ark was about to fall and a man called Usa tried to hold this small box in his hand to not to make, just with good intentions, make, to make sure it doesn't fall off. And then the power of God so much was so much on the ark, this Usa was killed as well. He dropped dead. At the moment his fingers touched the ark. So it was charged with, the ark was charged with God's presence, with the word of God in it, the provisions for their wilderness journey in it, the ark was the throne of God. Nobody should touch it. But only one tribe was allowed to carry it. And that is Levi. The tribe of Levi. They are the ones who can touch it, open it, carry it, but nothing will happen to them. They will not be killed like Uzzah. They will not be killed like the 70 men in Beth Shemesh because it was their privilege. Only they are allowed to touch it. Only they are allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolizes the presence and the power of God. Now, so what you should get, you should get double inheritance, isn't it? But God says no. They should not be given any inheritance because I am their inheritance. 
their inheritance their sustenance means of sustenance for the future doesn't come from the hills and the valleys and the pasture lands and the mineral deposits in kainan it doesn't come from the number of flock they have it is not in sheep and cattle said it is not in gold animals but i the creator of this universe i am their inheritance so they don't have to be given an inheritance in this promised land now when you come to the new testament we don't have 12 tribes in the new testament there is only one tribe and that is the new testament believers those who believe in jesus christ they are priests and they all are priests that is what we call the priesthood of all believers each of you men and women black and fair short and tall of any race any gender of any class when we come to believe in jesus christ we become the priests of god not just priests the royal priesthood a bible verse that we should know is memorize is first peter 2:9 some of you may know it already but you are a chosen race addressing the believers in jesus christ peter writes first peter 2:9 but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people of his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light just compare first peter 2:9 with deuteronomy 10:8 the special duty of the levites carrying the ark standing in service to the in the presence of god and praising his holy name blessing his name the same privilege is given to us we are not born in the tribe of levi we are not in born as an israelite we are not the children of abraham in any sense but believing in jesus we are allowed to stand as priests before him we are the ones who carry the ark a christian is an ark of god and he is also the one who carries the ark we are the ark and the porters of the ark that's a great privilege how does that happen that happens when there is this to indwelling of two things indwelling of god's word in us just like the two tablets of the 10 commandments were deposited in the ark the god has deposited his word in our heart when it we live in him and he lives in us through his word and that is how we become ark of god carrying the presence of god and that's our privilege in john's gospel chapter 15 verse 7 jesus said 
if you abide in me i'm reading john chapter john's gospel chapter 15 verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you just underline those two words the words abide in me and my words abide in you this mutual indwelling of the word whatever jesus commanded becomes we live in it we immerse in it it has come to us see unless that happens you are not i am not a disciple of christ that is why i said a believer is the ark of the lord carrying the word of the lord you have to carry the word of the lord and then comes the indwelling holy spirit the spirit of god indwells in us romans chapter 8 verse 9 another verse that we should memorize romans chapter 8 verse 9 you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of christ does not belong to him so two things that should dwell in us as a disciple of christ one the words he has spoken two the spirit he has sent to us to indwell in us when that two things happens we become the ark of god who we carry the ark of the lord we are the ark and we are the porters of the ark we carry the ark that's what christian life is it's very quite interesting sometimes it's very sad also i shared the gospel with a person and i told him about the forgiveness that is in jesus christ and he blankly refused it many sense he didn't show any interest he pointed out to people who have failed in their christian life who have a appearance of godliness but they are not true and hypocrisy and all that he just two days later he had some other things he had some ben- probably he expected some um, benefit from me some uh, good good thing something something he expected from me and he said sir i am willing to be converted i said don't don't do that over the phone the same person i wanted him to pray a prayer with me surrendering his life to jesus and accepting him into his life which he refused but later a few days later he calls me up and says i am willing to be converted if you if that happens i said don't i know many people hang around religious gatherings so that they get something out of it it could be business it could be marriage alliance it could be something else favor from others and they are willing to even to be converted baptized that is not what christian life is that is not what discipleship is a few years ago i asked a person who wanted to be baptized to teaching that person what is life with christ and what the bible say 
about it and about the baptism. I asked this final question. Dear X, I don't know your motivation for getting baptized. I taught you the truth, but you may have other intentions. But I am not a judge of your intentions. But one thing I tell you, if you say that you Jesus is your Lord and you want to be united with him on the word, on your word, I will baptize you. And it is between you and your creator, not between us. And I did baptize her. And a few weeks back, I had another opportunity to meet her and I reminded her of that conversation. I said, you said you are saved by Jesus and you were baptized under my hands. But you remember that covenant that you said that it is between, I said it is not between us. If you are not true to your calling and if you are not living a faithful life, you have broken a covenant with not with me, but with you and your God. It was a friendly conversation, definitely. And it was a conversation in kindness and love for each other, respect for each other. And it had good results as well. What I'm trying to say is that we need to realize the seriousness now of Christian life. We are not just converted to a new religion. You and I, when we came to Jesus, we surrendered our lives as the priests of God to carry the witness of his word and the power of his indwelling spirit. A privilege nobody else have. Those who touched the ark died. Those who looked into the ark were slain. But you and me are called to carry the same power and presence of God in our lives. And that's the privilege that we have. The privilege is that God becomes our inheritance. I don't count or we should not count our wealth in terms of money. That is where things go wrong in many Christian life. People are in a rat race to become rich. But the Bible says you don't have to become rich. You are already rich in God. Rich in Christ. Those who count their blessings in terms of money and wealth and flats and cars. Their success and their failure will be counted in the same terms. When they have more, they will be rich. When they don't have, they will be bankrupt. But one who has God as his inheritance and his wealth and the source of blessing will rejoice always. His joy, her joy cannot be taken away from her at all. Can this inheritance be quantified? Yes. This inheritance in God can be quantified? Certainly yes. How? The rest of this chapter talks about that. The three things. How, how do I 
throw my life into this invisible god and trust that he is sufficient for all my needs <coughs> how do i trust myself in his hands the passage talks about three things rest of the passage that is i had asked you to read the entire chapter our god is a rich god number 1 so his inheritance we can depend we can trust his promise that i am your inheritance when god says i am your inheritance all that he has is our inheritance number 1 god is rich number 2 god is just number 3 god is loving was 14 chapter 10 verse 14 says behold after giving levites this promise a general promise is given that assurance is given deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 14 behold to the lord your god belong heaven and the heaven of heavens the earth with all that is in it the lord is the owner of the entire universe heaven of heavens heaven and heaven of heavens the earth and all that is in it the tribe of judah had natural boundaries that limited their inheritance the tribe of manasseh also had their boundaries delimited and all other 11 tribes but levi his inheritance is not decided by natural boundaries his inheritance is in god in christ who has no limits and he owns everything in the world the whole world that's why though i am not in the fortune 50 or 500 list that you are none of you are but we should consider ourselves the richest people in the world because our father god is immensely rich to him belongs everything and he needs provides me what i need many people are gripped with greed what is greed greed is longing for more than what we need that's my definition greed is longing for more than what we need whatever you need your father has he will provide and he will provide in justice he will provide in justice verse 10 sorry chapter 10 verses 18 to 19 he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner giving him food and clothing love the sojourner therefore you were sojourners in the land of egypt he executes justice our god is a just god he is just towards the widow and the orphan 
is just towards the sojourner in your land, the migrant workers. Peace, justice, peace for everyone. So this rich God will act in justice. That is faith, trust. We need to trust God. He has promised himself as our inheritance, our parental gift, our right. But this God is a poor God. He is rich. He owns everything in this world. And he is just. He gives to those who need according to their need. That is his justice. And then the third characteristics of God, which also characterizes his inheritance is his amazing love. The next verse, 10, 15. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your farms. You know what is that phrase mean? Set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You, me, because God loved us. Not only me, he loved my father. And he loved my grandfather and great-grandfather too. And I stand in a long line of people who experience God's love, which sees no limit. Which is not discriminatory. Which is across the board. That amazing love is what I So when I have money, needs of money, for my essential needs, you should trust God. Don't go for borrowing. Don't go for, uh, uh, for big financial risks. Don't fret. Don't be disappointed. But focus on God. And make sure you have the word of God in you and you live by the power of God in the Holy Spirit. Then that is the secret of Christian's security. The Christian security comes from this fact. That is, I am a child of God. I live by the word of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And because I do that or try to do that by the grace of God, a portion to me, I have a great inheritance in Christ. His promise. You will never leave me nor forsake me. All that I need, he will provide. So surrender your greed. Surrender the anxiety. Surrender the fear of God. But provided you live by the word of God. But if you live by the standard of this world and the word of the world, no hope. From mess, small mess to bigger mess and to greater mess and sorrow, sadness, that would be the other option. But let me read that Bible verse one more time for an assurance as I conclude. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord 
to stand before the Lord and to minister to him and to bless his name to this day. Therefore, Levi has no portion or inheritance with these brothers. The Lord is his inheritance as the Lord your God said to him. Praise be to God. Trust God. Go slowly. Go in faith. Don't plan big adventures. But God is enough. He will carry us through. A simple faith. That's all that we need these days. May God bless us. I want you to take a minute of silence and uh, just pray a short prayer to yourself. I'm not going to lead that prayer. And uh, pray, O oh Lord, speak to me. Continue to, to deal with me. Continue to deal with all the negative thoughts and fears that I have because I have not trusted in you enough. Will you please pray a short prayer to yourself and then we will move on with the rest of the service.